Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning, witches. It is January 23rd, 2024. It is Tuesday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Evolution of a Witch. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. Mark Twain. So we're talking cranberries because I kind of wanted to shake things up and talk about things we maybe wouldn't talk about a lot, but maybe we've been consuming, um, you know, recently with the holidays. So we're talking cranberries. And yesterday we talked about kind of the history of cranberries and how it kind of came into our lives and culture. And today we're talking about the magic of cranberry. So this comes to us from DavyandTracy.com. So cranberries symbolize abundance and gratitude. They are ripe and readily available during the late harvest festivals. Samhain, Halloween, Yule, Christmas. Cranberries promote healing and rejuvenation, not only supporting your body's ability to heal, but also supporting your mental and spiritual well-being. Cranberries are associated with courage and action. So sometimes I like to think of how we came up with correspondences. I talk a little bit about this in my uh, cooking magic class, but how we develop feelings around food. And when you think of cranberries, right, like if you've been following our tea segment for a while, you know that foods that have deep, deep colors often are high in antioxidants, right? So cranberries, which would be high in antioxidants based off the color, are going to really help the body uh, feel alive and awake and help clear out free radicals and all of those things. So when you think of it that way, you can see how healing and rejuvenation becomes a part of its correspondence, right? Uh, cranberries are in season and readily yep, available during late autumn and early winter. Element, fire, and water. Definitely water. I can see that for sure. And then definitely I would say fire as well with those antioxidants. So yeah, I love Yeah, so they said you can string cranberries together to make a garland for Yule or Christmas. You can place them on your altar, drink cranberry juice for abundance and gratitude, make homemade cranberry sauce, place a bowl of cranberries under your bed if you're feeling unwell, or you can just eat them, I feel like. That's also an option. Um, write out a copy of your to-do list, sprinkle cranberry juice on it, and hang to dry where you work. Interesting. All right, moving into some headlines. This comes to us from jweekly.com. Q&A, this historian says occultism isn't entirely at odds with Judaism. And I know that's something we've talked about before. We have listeners um, who, uh, you know, who are Jewish. And we've talked about how, uh, well, you know, there's a part of, like, there's, like, lore and traditions in Judaism that works really well with witchcraft. And I've, you know, we've seen a lot of 
more so culturally uh, in an attempt to go, hey, hey, just because like our leaders say that like maybe it's not, here's proof as to why it is. And we've seen art exhibits and things like that. So I think this is really interesting. So let's see what they say. Um, this is the author I've mentioned before, Mitch Horowitz, who wrote the book Modern Occultism, where uh, he really talks about some really uh, interesting things, especially in regards to controversial occultism in terms of um, this belief that like maybe the Nazis were into occultism and he tackles that and um, just like really kind of breaking a lot of maybe misconceptions we've had for a really long time. So this interviewer says, in your new book, you write, people are generally born into Judaism, Christianity, or any number of traditional faiths. Occultism or esotericism, however, is something sought after. It does not readily present itself. And then the interviewer asks, does occultism complement or contradict Judaism? And Mitch Horowitz responds, I would say occultism both complements and contradicts Judaism depending on one's definitions. Most occultists... Outlooks are pantheistic, which obviously chafes against the founding principle of Judaism. At the time, you'll find practitioners across centuries and today who abide by the convergence of uh, entities into one source, which is not entirely at odds with Judaism, particularly in Kabbalah. So then they get into Kabbalah a little bit. Um, they talk about occultist scholars. Uh, they talk about Anton LaVey. Um, quite a bit and how he have founded the church of Satan in 1966 in San Francisco and how he uh, was actually born Jewish. And it's just really interesting. Um, so I definitely, I'm going to link this, uh, Q this interview Q and a in our link tree. So if anyone who has uh, curiosities about this topic in particular, they can read it and maybe get a little bit more insight or just see what this author has to say about uh, the subject, because um, I know we have listeners who I think will find the subject really interesting. All right, witches, I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Tuesday, January 23rd. The waxing gibbous moon continues to make comfort food in cancer today. Here, the moon opposes Mercury and Mars. Mercury and Mars together in Capricorn are really a power couple, focused, dynamic, and ready to put in the work. But the moon is quite powerful in Cancer, and she wants us to take care of ourselves and make sure we have all of our vitamins and minerals before we get depleted. Mercury and Mars don't want to stop for sustenance. They are determined to reach the end, no matter the cost. Be aware that these dueling forces are vying for control today. Don't allow one or the other to win. Too much coddling and we could lose the will to push. Too much pushing and we could exhaust ourselves before we hit the finish line. Do as much as you can, but take some time to check in on yourself along the way. Note how far you've come, how far you have yet to go, and what you need to get there. Then dive back in. Your daily moon mantra is, taking care of yourself doesn't mean me first, it means me too. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. 
Revolution of a Witch is a prompt journal made for witches by witches. Do you believe in good versus evil? What three items would be used to summon you? Who has been the most impactful person in your practice? These questions are meant to not only help you think about life from new perspectives, but to elevate your magic as well. Whether you want to write your responses and move on, or use this journal as a jumping off point for future conversations with friends, Evolution of a Witch is a judgment-free space for you to share your thoughts and ideas. Evolution of a Witch by best-selling author Tanya Brown is available for order online at your local bookshop or wherever books are sold. All right, we have a question, a question from listener Katie. Katie says, hi, witches. I'd really appreciate some practical advice and general wisdom here, but I mostly am just appreciative for space to pour out my feelings. I'm a bit afraid that maybe I'm just not meant to be a witch after all. Let me explain. I've been officially practicing for the past three years. However, I was always that kid who was interested in the paranormal spirits, nature, the saints since I grew up Catholic, and my ancestors. I would try to talk to spirits as a child and sense energy. When I was a kid, this seemed so easy and natural. I had several experiences with ghosts and spirits as a kid that firmly cemented my belief in them. Like I said, my family is Catholic, but they also are incredibly spiritual. Mediumship runs in my family. My father is a medium. All of his siblings do some kind of spirit work. My grandmother could speak to the dead. I have some relatives on my mother's side who do this work too. So needless to say, I'm swimming in spiritual people. However, since starting my practice three years ago, I've struggled to sense energy and feel spirits the way I did as a child. I've read books, listened to practice witches who do spirit and energy work, and I've tried so hard, but everything feels forced. I'm constantly doubting myself and questioning whether I'm actually feeling real energy or just making it up. I know a practice is a lifelong thing, but I thought I'd surely feel like I was connected to something bigger than me by now. I recently went on a trip to Ireland where my ancestors are from and was just there. I was preparing to feel something since ancestor work is something I've done routinely, but I just felt nothing. Part of me worries this is in part because I'm setting my expectations too high, but I feel like I'm just playing a witch in a play for myself, but in actuality, I'm just a person. My doubt isn't in the existence of energy and spirits. I have felt them before and I've done spell work that's yielded results. My doubt is in myself and whether I'm doing everything worthwhile at all. Apologies if this is a downer. I've been so sad about disingenuous or how disingenuous I feel when others are so rooted in their practice and power. Oh, Katie. Oh, my gosh. One, I'm going to tell you right now how you're feeling. I think everyone listening can relate to. And a lot of what you said here, I've felt too. Okay, um, so I'm going to kind of just take this bit by bit. So you say, I've struggled to sense energy and feel spirits the way I did as a child, which means you have felt them, right? You have had that instinct, you know, and then you go on to say, I've read books. I've listened to practice witches who do spirit energy work. And I've tried so hard, but everything feels forced. I will say when it comes to spirit work, and, you know, you said you felt it as a child, which means you felt it when there was no one telling you how to feel it or what it was supposed to feel like. But now we're reading books and we're seeing how it works for other people and we're trying to maybe replicate that, right? 
I will say when it comes to ghosts and spirits, I have had a very unformal experience with that. Um, I think everyone connects differently. I think everyone communicates differently. And I think the more we try to replicate how someone else does it, the least connected we feel to ourselves and how we're doing it, right? I know that sometimes when I listen to mediums or anything, I'll hear a word or a phrase or like term they use and I go, oh, that's what it's called. Like I just didn't know what it was called, right? Because for me, spirit work was something I just did without guidance because it was just I didn't really know how to find information on it. Oh, gosh, I just I definitely understand what you're saying. And then you say, I'm questioning if I'm feeling real energy or making it up. I think that is a feeling a lot of witches will feel for a very, very long time, that imposter syndrome. And I feel it too. Sometimes I go, oh, did I really have all these experiences or am I making it up or am I, you know, creating it out of thin air? And I think that's a really fair thing to wonder. And I think a really rational thing to wonder. I don't think that's a bad thing to question, you know? One thing I will say is for a really, really long time, I would go, oh, I've never had any spirit spirit experiences. And then a friend would be like, oh, what about that one time? And that one time? And that one time? And I'm like, oh, I just forgot about those times. So there might also be that aspect, right? Maybe you are connected and it's just so run of the mill that you just forget. Uh, then you say, I recently went on a trip to Ireland where my ancestors are from and was just there. That is also something I've experienced. So um, I am very French coded. I love France. I love uh, French culture and food and have a lot of instincts and knacks around it. Uh, my great grandfather was born in France and my family for generations were Luxembourgish. Uh, so I've just, I've always had a really strong connection to France and I love it very, very much and have a really deep, like, you know, love for it. Uh, however, when I went to Paris, I felt the same way. I felt I was just there. And I think the issue was exactly what you said was the expectations were too high. Um, but I understand that feeling, Katie, where you say that, yeah, you expect to feel something and then you don't. And it's crushing. It's crushing. You're like, I was meant to have a spiritual experience being in this location, but I'm not. And I think it's all in our heads. I'm going to be really honest. I think if I had gone to Paris without the high expectations or that pilgrimage feeling, that feeling of, oh, I'm finally going to be somewhere I was always meant to be, I think we set our expectations too high and we psych ourselves up a little too much. And when it's just a regular place, like every other place, we're like, but why? And, you know, it took me a long time to get over that crushing feeling I had because I didn't have that great instinctual intuitive feeling when I was there. But I definitely understand what you're saying. I will say what you, uh, what you said is um, I'm a bit afraid that maybe I'm not meant to be a witch at all. I don't think that's the case. I think everything you're saying says that you are. I think what we're 
really saying here is maybe I'm just not to meant to be a witch the way I'm expecting to be a witch. You know? Uh, you, I think you're doing a lot of comparison to people in your family, to maybe authors. You're just comparing yourself to them. And when you're not them, you go, well, they're a witch, so maybe I'm not a witch. And I just think you need a little bit more exploration into what does work for you. You know, so here's my tip. My tip is to kind of look at what has worked for you so far and explore further. Explore what has worked or what you haven't tried yet but you think might work. I think a lot of the issue here is that we are focusing too hard on what seems to work for everyone else. And that's just not how witchcraft works. It's such a personalized, personal experience. This is why I get really kind of worked up when I see witches online who are like, you have to do it this way. And it's like, well, just because that way worked for you doesn't mean it works for everyone. And I think the indication or what indicated that to me, Katie, was the fact you say, I feel like I'm in a play. And I used to say that a lot when it came to Wicca. When I was starting out as a witch, the only books you could find were those hardcore Wiccan ones. And I would read it and going, this feels like a play. This feels like a skit. And it actually turned me off for years from witchcraft, at least in a more formal way. So the fact you're saying you feel like you're in a play means that what you're looking at is not working for you and you need to find something else. Okay. But that doesn't mean the spirituality as a whole isn't for you. It just means how you're trying to approach it may not be for you. Uh, let's see what other people have to say. Ooh, 11 comments. Okay. Lilith says the word witch is just a noun. Your connection to the universe, plant, energy, stream is the same as every other life force on the planet. It's like breathing. Everyone does it. Personally, think it shows a good mind to question yourself and to never get comfortable or too ingrained in your thoughts. Yeah, I definitely agree. Jeff says, Katie, this is normal. We all experience regular dark nights of the soul. During these times, it's important to rest and work on meditations. It's during these times of rest and meditation that magic flows into us. We can't always be beings where magic flows only out of us. I think the most important aspect of being a witch is that we are always seeking to learn something and experience new things. This is how we gain wisdom. Sometimes it does feel forced until we mine our way through the mundane to find a mother load gold rich vein to carry us out of our dark night. Hang in there and keep sinking. Oh, that's lovely. Katie, I'm going to echo the already shared. We all go through this. Even other faiths go through this. It's a normal phase of spiritual growth. There have been many times where I felt disconnected or things haven't worked or I felt like it's not working. Sometimes it's because I've been in my own way. Sometimes my expectations were far too exaggerated. Other times it simply wasn't my path. Oftentimes we are learning something new, studying different methods. We are let off our path. It's part of exploring and learning. But if we keep exploring, we will discover our path again. We find it again. We are led back to it. Learning what's not our path is just as important as learning as what is. Pat says, just a thought. I see what you say that you were open as a child, but don't feel that same way now. I think the planet and the way it is now and people of varying energies and all that is demanded of us as adults places a different lens in front of us as to what we had as a child. 
to regain a connection, I would encourage you to try two things. First, let out. First, just let it all go. Take a walk, hike in nature where you feel good. Breathe in the positive and smells of nature and breathe out self-doubt. A walking meditation. If you haven't felt a connection to nature or something along that walk by the end, then try to find the ability like you'd like to focus on gaining and study that during the dark part of the year. No doubt you'll find what is blocking your path over the next few months. Yeah, I agree. I, Katie, I, I don't, I, oh, I just feel terrible that you feel this way. But I just need you to know that just because you're feeling a slump and just because you feel disconnected doesn't mean you're not a witch, you know? All right, witches. We have a witch win from listener Angelica. I was having no luck with finding a new job and was getting quite desperate, so I did this prosperity spell. I used green crystals, green and gold candles, and called upon the deities of wisdom to lead me to the right path. A couple of days after the spell was cast, I was uh, inundated with job offers and interview requests. I got offered a new job last Saturday and, we be, and we'll be starting in September. I'm so excited. Yay. All right, witches. We are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Ashley Solomon. Ashley, you earthy rule-breaking oracle. Emily Cresswell, you kind, thoughtful land mermaid. Nessa S., you glorious spinster, and Allison DeCoste, you bombastic, sparkling leprechaun. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And before we leave, we do have a card poll. Our card today is Love and Gaslight from the Roast Iconic Oracle. Love and Gaslight. What a card. These are all fun. Like, they're all kind of silly and... Uh, really cute. Are you glossing over and suppressing your trauma or another's perspective? Are you steamrolling yours or another's feelings? Your cult leader application has been denied. Oh, God. All right, witches. That's all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources. Anything we reference today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Bye. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.